This podcast is sponsored by the New Americans Campaign and the Immigrant Legal Resource Center. Welcome to our podcast. Today is season number three. This is podcast number two. And this podcast we will dedicate to citizenship civics questions. Before we start with our episode, we would like to ask you to send us your feedback by visiting our webpage, hufcitizen.org. Today in our podcast, we want to dedicate our space to the most difficult questions during the interview. Let's remember that USCIS officers will dedicate time to review our, your English skills, your knowledge about your personal questions, and your ability to respond correctly civics questions. My name is Raisa, and I'm working for Hispanic Unity for more than 10 years. And here is Magali, our uh, teacher, our um, lawyer. Hi, Magali. <laughs> Thank you, Raisa, for your presentation. You're always always very funny with this. Um, you're right. I mean, we have so many things to learn out of these interviews. And through all the experience that we collected uh, from our past years of teaching for adult citizenship, we found very interesting things that probably could be more difficult for our students to realize or to perform when they are in their interviews. You and I, we have been speaking about what are those parts that we believe are the most important during the naturalization uh, interview. And so we have different areas to work with our audience, not only considering the uh, civics, but also we have to touch the N-400 application, as well as the portion of the writing and reading. Uh, we know USCIS is in the air of changes, and so this is only for the test that is implemented since 2008. So this is very important because our podcast will be recorded and will be staying for many years as part of our historical records of what we have been teaching and speaking about. So... I think it's always important to get the value of learning and to practice before we get into the interview. We encourage every single applicant for naturalization to get in deep into the study, not only because it's delicious and delightful, Raisa, to understand American history. Always and for so many years, we have been learning and learning more and more, especially when we dedicate time to the history of the United States and we associate this knowledge when we visit it, of course, the American museums and any place that we can touch the history where this country has been involved. So, but today, then, we are going to have this uh, podcast where we are going to mention every single one of these civics that we heard from our students, the most difficult for them to learn, to understand, or probably when they are asked during the interview to respond. Magali, a little statistics. 99.9% of all our students, they are passing with no problem their civics test. They answer always six of 10 questions. And this is our podcast not dedicated like this happened a lot. This happened very often. And we have here big problem. It's not. This just helped to 
that students who has some difficulties. And again, all our podcasts here by request of our student to help them to understand a little more and better the difficulties that they have when they are studying for their interview. The test is divided into three different areas. Number one, the system of American government. Number two, American history. And number three, symbols, holidays, and geography. So then in our experience, we could observe that our students should pay more attention over the following questions. Question number six. What is one right or freedom from the First Amendment? Very short question, and we know only long questions because of English for our students uh, difficult. But this is short question. The problem of this question, some students, they understand the question is, what is one right and freedom from the First Amendment? And here, the word right and freedom means the same. Say freedom of speech or right to speak. And key word here, word freedom. When you hear this word freedom, you immediately Remember, freedom of speech, or freedom of religion, or freedom of press, or freedom of assembly, or petition to the government. And uh, no different meaning of rights and freedom. That means the same meaning. And this is what creates difficulty. Rights, it's something different than freedom. No, and this specific question, right. And freedom means the same. Question number eight, Raisa. What did the Declaration of Independence do? Why you believe that this is a, such a difficult question? I believe, Magali, because this question has three answers. The first answer announced our independence from Great Britain. Second answer, what we have in the list, declared our independence from Great Britain. And Answer number three said, we are free from Great Britain. And this is what creates difficulty. They, I don't know why, learning almost always. First answer that they have in the list. And the first one announced our independence. And they don't remember to finish studying this answer. As you said, announce our freedom from Great Britain. Some officers, they insisting to finish the sentence or officer said, give me 100% of the answer. Not just say, announce our independence. You have to say, announce or declare our independence from Great Britain. That to say the Great Britain, very important. Again, because officer can say, announce our independence from who? And here students can be confused because they don't expect any other questions. Would you agree, Raisa, that there is a, like a, a little bit of phonetics here 
understanding that we also have our own special accent. But Great Britain is so difficult for our students to pronounce. So that's probably one of the reasons they decided just to not to um, think this is important to answer as well. So 50% of the question will be validated in case the officer don't listen to you with the whole statement. So Great Britain became a challenge because they don't know how to, how to pronounce those words. What would you have as a suggestion for our students? How to repeat this sentence and to memorize better? You know, really, we had one student lady, she couldn't say Great Britain. And we said, you can say England. Declare our, our independence from, from England. And England for her was very easy to say. And here we go. She was successful. Declare our independence from England. Okay, next question, number 14. What stops one branch of government from becoming too powerful? And here, Magali, other problem, because the first answer checks and balances, and second answer, what we have in the list, separation of powers. Separation of powers, very easy, very clear, and very uh, understandable, answer but students as i said learning first answer checks and balances and that is correct sir but sometimes officer asking do you understand what is checks and balances and student cannot explain because again they not expecting from officer to ask them this but if you say separation of power officer never ask you, would you explain what means separation of powers? But checks and balances, yes, officer can ask, what means checks and balances? And after you have to give the second answer to explain. This means separation of powers. An officer will be happy to hear that, but you don't need to learn two answers. If you just learn separation of power, that will be very good answer and very easy to remember, very easy to understand, and officer will be agree if officer will hear that answer from you. I think the other question, Raisa, is about the number 23, about the U.S. representative. This is one of the most discriminated questions in the time of preparing for naturalization. One of the reasons is because our community don't know where to find the name of our US, the United States representative. Number two, because we leave that at the last, very last moment where we are just asking for help because we are scared about having this question out of the 99 that we already memorized. And so in order to answer this question, we are recommending all of our students to go to the page of house.gov where you can uh, write down in the uh, search bar, you can write down your zip code and the four additional digits. Then you will have exactly the person that is just uh, your United States representative. And so um, 
be proactive do that as soon as you discover these civics and don't leave that alone and by itself uh, until the end because that will be the name that you will not memorize number one and under the pressure is something that you are not taking in consideration to understand why this person is a US representative so we totally recommend to go over these ones one you are uh, learning these civics uh, don't leave this at the last moment because always will have no answer so don't get you cut with the officer just be proactive by going to the website of house gov next question raisa question number 41 and 42 it's very very similar questions they have differences only one word under our constitution some powers belong to the federal government what is one power of the federal government and question number 42 under our constitution some powers belong to the state government what is one power of the state? If you didn't hear well one of these two questions, you maybe will be confused. The officer asked me about the federal government power or the state government power. Of course, you can ask officer, excuse me, and officer will repeat the question. And you after have to pay attention to the keyword of this question. But again, if officer have to repeat the question, officer will repeat the so absolutely the same way. Officer not going to change not even one word because that is the rules. And again, question under our constitution, some power belong to the federal government. And we have here few answer to print money, to create army, to sign agreement, with different countries, and you have to understand all this answer. Which of these answers you can select to, up, to learn and to use during your interview? Everybody learning to print money. Again, because this is the first answer, but maybe create army or maybe uh, declare war will be easier for you but the answer to print money, very good answer. If you understood, the question was about the federal government. The next question, number 42, as I said, about state government. And we have their different answer too. You have to understand and remember only one answer. And everybody give the first answer again. Provide schooling and education provide protection, provide safety, and provide driver's license. Provide schooling and education, little longer answer, but that is the first one. And ma majority of our students, they are learning this answer. But provide driver's license, and my understood is the easiest answer for this question. Again, 41 question and 42 difficulty because sometimes students don't recognize the question about the federal government or about the state government. If officer will repeat the question, you will be paying attention to recognize that word federal or state government and you will be okay. 
They're a very cool part of the civics dedicated to the rights and responsibilities. And, um, and perhaps our students are not uh, considering these uh, rights and responsibilities something that should be a little bit more digested, something that probably have better understanding about the rights and responsibilities of our American citizens. But we found here, Raisa, from question number 48 and question number 50, very um, difficult answers from our officers, again, because the sentence, the question is very long. And so when you have the command to say probably one or two, or they don't describe how many you have to answer, our students then don't know what to do. So the questions about rights and responsibilities seems to be very similar from the number 48 through the number uh, 40, like 44, like 44. But the thing is that, um, that um, the 48, it says there are four amendments to the Constitution about who can vote. Describe one of them. So our students, uh, again, don't uh, consider uh, parentheses as part of the answers. And so they just go as short as they can because they don't want to say anything else. But again, the officer will say, you know what, this is the 50% of the answer. So citizens 18 and older can vote, right? Because if I say citizen 18 and older, there is nothing ending. So probably it's like a lost answer. So citizens 18 and older can vote. Or you don't have to pay a poll tax to vote. But we found these civics a little bit more difficult, one answers to the other ones. And we try to be the more uh, simplistic, just because we know how difficult it is for our community when they don't have a good performance with their English. So citizens eight, citizens 18 and, old, 18 and older can vote, which um, out of the other civics here in the number 48, Raisa, would you consider as a good answer? You know, Magali, one of our students answered this question. There are four amendments to the Constitution about who can vote. Describe one of them. Don't say one of them or what is one of them. The question is describe. And one of our students learned any citizens can vote. This is the answer what we have in the list. But... She didn't mention what was in parentheses. Women and men can vote. She didn't say that. An officer said, okay, I am citizen. I am 14 years old. Can I vote? She was confused, the student, because what she just said was okay to vote 14 years citizen of the United States, but was not because she didn't finish this answer. Any citizens can vote. Women and men can vote. Here we mention only gender, because before women couldn't vote, and that was about. If officer will ask, describe, that means maybe explain, and that will be not exaggerations. That will be okay from officer. And no complain about that, okay? Yes, the best answer, as you ask me, Magali, citizens 18 and older can vote. 
That is the best answer. And next question is Magali 49 and 50. 49 about rights and responsibility, and they have the same answer. What is one responsibility that is only for the United States citizens? And we have here two answers. And they're asking only one, serve on a jury or vote in federal elections. And question number 50, name one right only for the United States citizen. Again, vote in a federal elections. But many students, they said to vote. And that is, again, not full answer. An officer can ask for more explanation to vote. To vote, vote what means for you to vote. Vote in a federal elections. If I live in an association and I have to vote for the president of association, I'm voting. But here the answer, vote in a federal elections. That is very important to give the full answer. You know, Raisa, that when we, went, we go to these interviews, uh, this is so easy to listen to our students that very get, get, they get very confused. Let's take a look of question number 55. What are two rights that Americans can participate in their democracy? And so the simple one, vote, because most of these um, chapter or part of the civics very much heavy in answers about voting in the United States. Remember that this is the reason why America is accepting people to become American citizens, is just to have the right to vote. So two ways that Americans can participate in our democracy. Our students answer vote. Okay, but there is a command, and the command says two ways. So vote or join a political party or help in campaign. I would say the difficult, I mean, the difficult, the difficulty here, vote and run for office, for example, may have, it's, it's a good answer, right? But sometimes our students, they think that because everything is about vote and 18 and older, so why to answer more? My recommendation to all of you, Take a look of each one of the sentences that CIS is giving you as a choice and then go for the one that for you is better to pronounce and also to memorize. Vote or and run for office or vote and join a political party. Join a civic group. It's up to you, but we want you to realize what is the meaning of that. And so with that, you will have a better way to answer the CIS officer. Raisa, 20 minutes already passed by. And we have to say tonight or today or this day that we are here to help our students. As many times you repeat this podcast will be for you better because this is the base of memory. I thank you so much, everybody, for listening and for continuing being part of our project with the podcast. This is a very good tool that we are trying to get more and more better for all of you. I thank you so much. Thank you so very much for all of you to listening this podcast and keep doing this. That's important, as Magali said, 
tools to, for you to learn, to study, be comfortable and successful during your interview. And we are waiting your questions. We are waiting your topics for our new podcast. And we are here to serve you and give you this pleasure to learn this way as a podcast. Thank you so much. See you next time. Bye-bye.